0: This is The 101, a podcast where we journey up and down Highway 101 along California's Central and South Coasts, sharing discoveries, stories, and conversations, from Ventura to Santa Barbara to San Luis Obispo and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Luxton. It's our second season, a season with stories of struggle, perseverance, grit, and triumph. One in three high school students across this nation have reported persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. In the decade leading up to 2019, suicide rates went up 57% among teens and young adults. That's according to a Surgeon General report, which says young people are experiencing a mental health crisis. I wanted to find out if these grim statistics were being reflected locally. Sadly, the answer is yes, I had no idea how bad it was.
1: The thing that was very concerning to me were the number of psychiatric hospitalizations. In normal years, we would be able to kind of have the kids on our radar, just in our heads. And last year, there were so many, we had to create a spreadsheet.
0: Note to listeners, in this episode, you'll hear about self-harm and suicide. If you or a young person in your life is experiencing a mental health crisis, in Ventura County, you can call 1-866-998-2243. And in Santa Barbara County, the Safety Crisis Hotline is 1-888-334-2777. If you have suicidal thoughts, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. I spoke to mental health counsellors in schools. I also visited a crisis call centre for youth, where they've seen an increase in calls about suicide attempts.
2: So it sounds like the deputy probably gave you our number because your daughter was in crisis this morning. Was she endorsing suicidal ideation?
0: I also spoke directly with the youth themselves.
3: There's been a lot of ups and downs and this past year has been particularly scary
0: in this episode of the 101 the state of youth mental health on california's central south coast why this is happening and those trying to help
1: for the 101 comes from KCLU listeners and Cottage Health. For nearly 130 years, Cottage Health has been providing advanced medical care for patients throughout California. Nationally recognized for quality care and patient satisfaction, the team at Cottage Health puts patients first with excellence, integrity, and compassion. Services include the Cottage Heart and Vascular Center, Cottage Center for Orthopedics, Cottage Children's Medical Center, and Santa Barbara Neuroscience Institute. More at cottagehealth.org.
0: This is The 101. I'm Michelle Loxton. Usually
3: when I'm having a bad mental health day, it looks like me overanalyzing everything, being super stressed out, and just overall not really getting things done, just being more anxious or sad than usual. And I'm currently being treated for OCD in therapy right now, so... It's just, um, everything is like a trigger for me on the bad days. I try and calm myself down by taking deep breaths and counting to 10, realizing all of the surroundings around me, just tuning in back into the present moment, if I'm getting in my head or anything like that. So,
0: sorry, I'm gonna take a break. That's 17-year-old Marcy Walton from Thousand Oaks High School. For this episode, I asked Marcy to do an audio journal about her mental health. Marcy has good and bad days. She has coping strategies like cuddling a dog or settling down with some hot chocolate or watching a favourite TV show. Things that make her feel better. Marcy is not alone
1: in how she feels so we are at kanejo valley high school and i want to take you into one of our wellness rooms um, so you can have an idea of some of the things that we've been doing this school year so come on in
0: heather chamberlain sholey is the mental health services coordinator for the kanejo unified school district
1: and in this room we have tried to make it a very welcoming safe space for students and so Wellness rooms like this one are in schools all over the district.
0: The room has comfy chairs and messages like You Matter on the walls. Students can pop in to take a moment for themselves or meet with a counsellor. Chamberlain Sholey oversees the mental health clinicians and therapists that care for the 17,000 students throughout the district, which includes the cities of Westlake Village, Thousand Oaks and Newbury Park. She defines her work as removing barriers for kids to get their emotional needs met. And she really wants to normalize that kids are struggling right now.
1: You just have to look at the data. Kids are struggling with their mental health. If we can catch it early, then we have a much better chance of this student not having to get to a point where they're suffering to get the the help that they need.
0: The district recently did a mental health survey with middle and high schoolers and found anxiety is a top concern and that there tends to be a lot of stigma attached to being depressed. They also found kids really want to learn how to be resilient and self-manage how they feel. To keep more of an eye on the students who are really struggling, they started something called Red Flag Data.
1: So every student had access to a a CVUSD-issued Chromebook. If they do a search on that Chromebook about being depressed, being suicidal, being anxious, self-harming, I get those flags and then I, we follow up.
0: In the last school year, they followed up on 600 students typing in those kinds of searches.
1: But it was the acuity of what was coming across my screen that was concerning to me. I want to die how do i end my life what's a painless way to commit suicide these were like the high level students that we were really really concerned about
0: when there is a concern like this a risk assessment is done to determine if the student is safe or not and then they take the action needed to help that student chamberlain shirley says what was most concerning to her
1: were a number of
0: psychiatric hospitalizations
1: in normal years my colleague and I, we would be able to kind of have the kids on our radar, just in our heads. And last year, there were so many that we we had to create a spreadsheet.
0: In the last school year, there were 82 psychiatric hospitalizations that the district is aware of. And some of those hospitalizations were students cycling through multiple hospital stays.
4: I've been a school psychologist for... Between internship and field work, this is my 13th year, and I definitely see a level of like, h- loss of hope that I, I didn't really feel previously.
0: Bethany Stern works throughout the Conejo Unified School District. We meet up at Newbury Park High School. We sit at one of those outdoor metal lunch tables. It's just before the end of the school day, so a few students are milling around, and we can hear Frozen being sung from what must be a theater or music class nearby. Stern primarily works with students who need residential placements and have significant mental health needs.
4: A lot of our students who have to go to treatment for that, for severe depression, to the point that they want to like, end their life, has been very like, eye-opening and co- very concerning for me and for my colleagues on our mental health team, for sure.
0: Just like Heather chamberlain Sholey Stern is also concerned about the increase
4: in self-harm. So I will say, when I started here, I did not have the number of kids being hospitalized for having hurt themselves. I didn't have the number of kids cutting themselves and engaging in that non-suicidal, self-injurious behavior that we, we see quite regularly now.
0: Further north in Santa Barbara County is the Safety Mobile Crisis Team. That's spelled S-A-F-T-Y, an acronym for Safe Alternatives for Treating Youth. They work with 20-year-olds and younger. When there's a crisis, schools, parents, and youth call them for free on their 800 number.
5: What a crisis looks like is when a youth is having thoughts of suicide, self-harm, thoughts of aggression towards others, or even homicidal ideation, um, severe mental health symptoms. So it could be anything from uh, a psych- psychosis symptoms to um, having a panic attack.
0: That's Megan Torres, Program Manager for Safety, which is part of the nonprofit Casa Pacifica. Torres has held all the positions at Safety, from manning the crisis hotline to today, managing the crisis team. She says their main goal is to help stabilize youth in their home. They also try not to write psychiatric holds unless it's absolutely necessary.
5: And so we have the opportunity to come in, provide them the space to really explore what are those thoughts of suicide that you're having? How often is it happening? When did it start? We also use very direct language. We use the term suicide. Uh, The reason for that is we signal to them, I'm comfortable having this conversation with you. Then we help them navigate through the fears that are coming up to around their parents knowing or what is it gonna look like for the day? So one of the questions we ask is, you know, what's your goal for today? Oftentimes you say, I want to go home.
0: A few rooms down from Torres' office is where the crisis hotline is stationed.
5: So I
2: have the line this morning, which means I'm answering the crisis hotline. And it's been quite busy this morning, but we turned the line on at 8. And this morning, as soon as I turned the line on, the phone was ringing.
0: That's Jessica Holt, a crisis care specialist.
2: Some of them being follow-ups with parents some of them being the need to help seek psychiatric
0: placement for some of the youth who are currently in emergency rooms in our county. Holt shows me something she finds really helpful when she's doing this kind of work. There's a group text with the entire team where they are constantly communicating and supporting each other. There are a lot of hearts in the thread of messages. As we're talking, the phone rings. Holt is quick to answer.
2: Safety mobile crisis, this is Jessica.
0: Holt starts to take down the details of the caller.
2: You said your daughter, right? Okay, she's 13. Is she safe right now?
0: Finding out that the 13-year-old is safe, Holt then shares what safety can do for this concerned parent and for their daughter. Not long after that call, another comes in. It's from a school concerned about one of their students. After an initial conversation with the school, Holt speaks with the student.
2: Hi, this is Jessica from Safety. How are you? Okay, you've talked to us at Safety before, right? Okay, so you know about who we are and what we do? Okay. Okay. Can you tell me just a little bit about what's going on with you today and what brought you to your counselor's office? To do what? Hurt yourself how? cut yourself?
0: Holt continues to work with the student asking specific questions about their state of mind.
2: How long have you been having those thoughts? For two days? Did something happen two days ago that made those thoughts start?
0: The crisis center gets about 2,000 calls a year, a number that has remained stable since 2016. They looked through their data for me, and in September last year, as an example, they received 64 calls from schools. That's about 15 a week, from all over the county. The calls are also majority female, 67%. The number of calls hasn't changed on their end, but the types of calls have. They've seen an increase in calls about suicide attempts. So the big question I know you'll be asking is, why is this happening to young people? Why have things got so bad? I put this to the mental health experts I met, and they describe the situation as a perfect storm. There's the 24-hour news cycle, climate change, gun violence in schools, stressed out parents, access to substances, the pandemic, the pandemic, the pandemic. And then there's the thing you know I'm going to say, social media, which these experts say is eroding self-esteem, taking bullying to the next level, and is a constant reminder to kids of how they're not being included in that party or that friend group. School can be a really tough place to be for kids, and it's no wonder there's also been an increase in school avoidance. So that's what the experts say. But what about the young people themselves? For the rest of the episode, you're going to hear from four young people, Catherine, Evie, Elise, and Lily, who live in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties. First, you'll hear from Catherine, who is a senior in high school. You'll also meet Evie. Evie is in 10th grade and uses they, them pronouns. Both requested I only use their first names to protect their privacy. We connected over Zoom. I started off by asking them to describe how kids their age were feeling these days. Catherine went first. There are definitely um, some people who are
6: doing just fine. Um, but I think that from what I'm seeing, just overall anxiety is kind of at an all-time high because there's so much we
3: don't know on a day-to-day basis. I do not think that the state of mental health of the people around me is good right now. Cause I mean, we have all the struggles of being a teen like figuring out what we're gonna do with our lives figuring out who we are, like sexual awakenings gender awakenings, all that fun stuff. And then on top of that, we put the pandemic and the isolation and terrifying new situations that just built and builds on anxiety that was kind of already there just from existing.
0: So you might've already touched on this already, but how would you describe your your own mental health? Um, I've had to work very hard on my mental health since I was a kid
3: and counseling has really helped me personally. Um, But there's been a lot of ups and downs and this past year has been particularly scary. And I have have kind of a similar experience. Um,
6: I started to develop OCD back in like second grade And I was diagnosed with, um, you know, a few different things in junior high (laughs) and I've worked really hard. And I would say that right now I'm in a pretty good place, but of course, just like the anxiety already of going off to college and taking, you know so many AP classes at a time along with balancing extracurriculars and friends and family um, and physical health um,
0: can be overwhelming. I connected in person at their school with Elise Jones, who's a senior, and 11th grader Lily Oliver. They told me what worries them the most about
7: youth mental health. Um, I think the number one thing would just be like negative thoughts or just the negative energy that's within all of our lives, like with school especially. I think that's just because we're in the middle of the year right now. That's like the number one thing that we're all worrying about is the future. Um, I think... What worries me personally is people bottling up their emotion, and um, like myself, I'm I am really afraid to share my feelings and become vulnerable with people. I think that's that's a really um, people a lot of people experience that they're afraid of rejection and just afraid of reaching out. So, you know, I I'm terrified of my friends. Um, mental health getting so bad that it's too late and I can't help them anymore. And um, that's what really scares me. It, it's I just want people to reach out and have a place to do so where they feel comfortable. That was Elise there
0: and Lily speaking before her. When they feel they're struggling with their mental health, Lily and Elise have things that help them. You'll hear from Lily first.
7: So, personally, I love to journal. Um, I have a therapist too. So, I talk to her about my journaling, and she always advocates for me to journal every single day. Um, Another thing I do is listen to podcasts. I love podcasts, I think they're so therapeutic and calming. Doing more personal, like check ins with yourself daily, whether it's like affirmations or just checking in with yourself, seeing if you're okay, or the Wellness Center. I think that's also a very valuable resource um, at our high school. Yeah, I, I love to journal as well. I find it very hard to talk to people. And a lot of my problems are, are minor things that happen throughout my day. And I just, but they really weigh on my mind. And so I love journaling at night. And by the time, you know, I get it all on paper, I'm calmed down. And, you know, I can understand the situation a little bit better. And it just helps so much. I love to exercise. I just start small, you know, start It's going on small walks and just getting out the door is that first step. It's all you need to do. And once you're out there, it all feels better.
0: (laughs) Back now to Evie and Catherine. They told me what helps them the most when they're struggling. Catherine first.
6: I think that individual teachers who really understand and are educated on mental health are the most helpful. Um, From personal experience and experiences with my friends, like, Um, most of the teachers I've had if I go up and or a
3: friend goes up and we explain a problem they're very willing to help I totally agree I was in high levels of mental health care in my freshman year of high school and if I wasn't able to negotiate with my teachers and come up with different plans and if they weren't understanding I would have had to like drop out of school it would not have worked
0: I ended my conversation with Evie and Catherine by asking them to share a story that would help paint a picture of the situation. Catherine went first. So I had a classmate, and I'm gonna be purposely
6: vague. I had a classmate, we were taking a physics quiz and they were having a panic attack and they took themselves to the back of the classroom and started to stab themselves with a pen. And I noticed, and I happened to be really close to this person. So I went back there and I kind of wrestled the pen from them and I held them down and I was trying to cover their arm because it was bleeding. And our physics teacher came over and he did not know what to do. You know, he was uh, he felt awful, like but he and he's shocked, but He couldn't really do anything, so I kind of took charge of the situation, you know, and I was like trying not to cry and I was kind of like shaking, but I knew like, okay, he doesn't know what to do, I need to know what to do.
0: One of Catherine's classmates who was in the physics class that day confirmed this incident to me. Catherine went on to describe how she took her classmate, who was in crisis, to the school nurse, who said the classmate could sit down for 20 minutes and then return to class. And
6: meanwhile, I was like looking at this person and uh, seeing like, you know, the blood on their arms. And like, I know this person well, I know what they're going to do next. And I'm like, you don't understand, like they are going to escalate in hurting themselves until an ambulance has to come as many
0: have come onto campus since the school year has started. Eventually, Catherine said the classmate's parent was called in. The classmate went home. Despite the trauma of what had just occurred, Catherine was sent back to class.
6: And uh, luckily I had a really good friend in that class who kind of just held my hand and
0: let me cry. Catherine reported the incident to her school district. They have confirmed this to me. Catherine is working with her district to improve mental health services in her school. Evie also shared a story with me. Winter of 2019, I moved
3: here to Santa Barbara. And I had maybe a month or two before everything shut down due to the pandemic. And I was not able to make the connections that I needed to make. And the the isolation affected me a lot. My anxiety got worse and worse. It got to the point where activities that I wanted to do, I couldn't even enjoy because I was just too anxious to enjoy them. And that led to a pretty deep depression. And in the fall of 2020, things got really, really scary. And I ended up in high levels of mental health care. I was in partial hospitalization for two months and intensive outpatient care for three. Um, But I think that... Just the situation of the last couple of years has made it so that people who were previously able to manage their anxiety and stress were just not able to do so anymore. And just so many people were in crisis.
0: Thank you to Evie, Catherine, Elise, Lily and Marcy for sharing so much with me. If you or a young person in your life is experiencing a mental health crisis, in Ventura County, you can call 1-866-998-2243. And in Santa Barbara County, the safety crisis hotline is 1-888-334-2777. The mental health counselors I spoke to for this episode also encourage parents or guardians to reach out to their child's school if they're concerned. Heather Chamberlain-Sholey again
1: my message to parents is if you're concerned don't wait reach out don't worry about what other people are gonna think don't worry about oh my gosh is the school gonna think i'm this terrible person no i mean this is we see this every single day multiple times a day you are not alone in this you really aren't
0: Head over to kclu.org slash podcast, where you'll find the crisis hotline phone numbers I mentioned. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California coast. This episode was edited by Elisa Barber. I'm Michelle Luxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at podcast at kclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it today. And don't forget to subscribe. I'd also love it if you'd rate or review our podcast. This is The 101. Thanks for listening.